plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, it's Star Style party time again. It must be Wednesday. Yes, it is. Hello, Power Partners. This is our informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are charity. And, of course, I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we are striving to seed, stimulate, and support space for some positive, meaningful conversations. Hopefully, you'll have some of that today. We want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to imagining your dreams as if they have already transpired and knowing that you are the writer, producer, director, and star of your own life. Because just remember... Whatever you focus on, you are going to experience. So that's very exciting to know that, you know, what you think about and talk about is going to come about. So always think positive. Well, today's show is going to be very empowering for you because in our second segment, we'll be welcoming Yvonne Talley. She's the author of Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women, and I think Most of us, whether you're a man or a woman, but especially women, we feel incredibly overscheduled. So there are 52 inspiring refreshers and reminders that will uh, help you to carry you through the year, you know, 52 weeks worth of inspiration. So we're going to bust that busy right from your vernacular. We'll also talk about how to raise a sweet son in an angry era of angry men. And this is actually from a viewpoint that I had read in um, Time Magazine, and I just thought it was really important and had something great to say about what's happening but we also will be uh, talking about toxic friends and you know how we can unfriend them and it's no big deal so we'll go right into that the miracle moment though is up first thanking first of all Michael Verbrugge for sponsoring the Moraga Fair and also reminding you that Earth Day is coming up this week and I will be at the Wildlife Festival Go to be the star you are forward slash events or star style radio forward slash events. And you can read about the wildlife festival. It's really cool. All kinds of wildlife are there. Uh, some authors, uh, I'll be signing my books, giving away seeds, talking about animals and plants. There are tours of, of uh, the fields and the wildlands. And it's just kind of an exciting day. So this is by Alan Cohen. When you bless the good that befalls others, it becomes yours as well. So bless the good that befalls others. In other words, just be happy for other people, which segs me right into my first segment about deleting friends. Because so many people feel guilty about removing toxic people from their lives. But the reality is, 
as I said in our in the beginning of the hour, you know what you concentrate on, you're going to get more of. So if you spend a lot of time around toxic people, you're going to just have more toxic people, and you're going to be feeling pretty bad. So this doesn't matter whether that person is a relative, a romantic interest, a childhood friend, a new acquaintance, you know, or somebody perhaps that you have just uh, friended on Facebook or one of the other other social media sites you don't have to make room for these kind of people who cause you anxiety or pain or make you feel less than because remember you are that writer producer and director of your own life so you know make your life your stage and don't let anybody else be your director so if it's one thing that a person owns up to the behavior and makes an effort to change then you know you might give them a chance but when people disregard your feelings, when they disregard your boundaries, and when they continue to treat you in any kind of negative, harmful way, they just have to go. And you will feel so much better. You do not have to apologize, just delete. And, you know, it might make you seem like you are being too headstrong or you're not being compassionate, but these kinds of people are just sucking the energy right from you so a couple of of ideas here and I'll just give you some examples like if you are a student and you are constantly being around negative people and you're not in a positive environment and you have friends who like belittle you because you get exam anxiety or they make you feel guilty because you choose studying over hanging out with them or they would might try to sabotage you by giving you false advice from lecturers or they suddenly stop talking to you you know that sometimes around exams that make you nervous well you know what those aren't your friends those are people that really need to go and not everybody that we have as a friend is meant to be a friend for a lifetime. People come and go in our lives, and sometimes, you know, they're there for a short time, sometimes they're for a long time. And a truly strong person doesn't need approval of others any more than a lion needs the approval of the sheep. So don't be intimidated by shocking, mean people. Just delete them. And it'll you're going to find that you are going to be such so much more happier because This is your truth, it's your life, and you don't want anyone to be invading on that space. Now, I also wanted to bring uh, flexibility to our awareness. Those of us who are able to exercise a certain degree of mental flexibility are usually more successful, both at work and outside of work. I think, as everybody knows, no matter how much you struggle or how diligent you are or how how great you are at organizing your life and your day, you know, sometimes just the unexpected happen and you end up having to spend a couple of hours troubleshooting something that yesterday was fine. You just have to be able to be flexible. You have to be able to quickly adapt to life's changing situations, overcome challenges and obstacles, and these kind of things will improve your life. When you're too rigid about your habits or your routines, What's going to happen is it's just going to lead to stress. And none of us need more stress in our lives. We're already tired. Many people already have a poor quality of lives 
because of you know not putting the boundaries on him where in our next segment we're going to be talking about being too overscheduled with being busy but we need to switch things up that can lead to more fun and enjoyment along the way and there the wonderful news about all that is that it is relatively easy to gradually train our minds to be more flexible and to live a more fulfilling and stress-free life, we have to be mindful. I find that doing meditation helps a lot. But here are a couple of other methods that you might want to utilize. One is to train yourself to be more flexible. Now, how how do you do that? You're probably thinking. Find an occasion to switch up your habits and do your usual tasks a little bit differently. By making some small changes in our normal routine, we create an opportunity of flexibility. And then it becomes much easier to quickly adapt when we get those curveballs that uh, are sending us in unexpected ways. Then Another thing is to gradually give up some control in some areas. Do you feel that you have to be in control of certain tasks? You should step back, evaluate how essential is it for you to be fully in charge of those tasks. Are some of them things that you can delegate to somebody else? Are they maybe not as important to you and you can let them go and just be more relaxed about them? As we slowly relinquish control in the easy areas of our lives, we're going to learn how to be more flexible in the bigger and more difficult areas of our life. And finally, we have to learn to uh, uh, to learn from our mistakes, and that's a real critical one. When things don't go the way we want, we can research and then learn why it happened, and then how to avoid such consequences in the future, because. People who tend to make the same mistakes out of habit are due to that inability to change despite negative outcomes, and then they're likely to be less successful in their flexible counterparts. Now, I'm a big believer in making mistakes. I have always found that the more mistakes we make, the, you know, the, uh, the more successful that we are. So it's really important not to beat yourself up over mistakes. So you make a mistake, it's, you know, failures fertilizers, my mantra. So you throw it on the garden, you grow a new garden, you do something else. Einstein was the one that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, we definitely don't want to do that. We don't want to think that we're getting a different result when the reality is <laughs> we're just making the same mistake over and over again. So think about how you could add some flexibility to your life, how you could give up a few of the little things that happen to you in life, and you're going to be a much happier person. Now, I told you that we we're going to talk about how to raise sweet sons in these angry eras of angry men. And Perhaps we as parents could begin the conversation with the young people in our life and make it a little bit differently because what the world really needs now urgently are sweet boys and people who will grow into them because there are just so many angry men out there among us. And I was reading this article that Faith Sal, um, Salim 
wrote. And she talked about at the birth of her son, how her husband cradled the five pounds of him as he was born and, and gently said, you know, hi, sweet pea. He didn't say little man, buddy, you know, big guy or any of that thing. So it was a kind of a sweet commitment of her husband to raise a sweet boy. And I found this rather interesting because of course there's angry women out there and they're only beginning to claim their emotions that have been long denied them because women's public anger is delivering these deliberate message right now. I mean, you know, reclaiming time, you know, there's the Me Too movement. And it's the kind of anger that gives girls voices. But men's anger tries to shut down the voices of others. And today's angriest women are galvanized, whereas today's angriest men are murdering. And there's a real difference in that. One of the things that we can do for our boys is to know that, you know, first of all, boys have always been told that they can do anything, that all they had to do was look around and, you know, they would see presidents and religious leaders and athletes and statues that stand erect in cities. And, and But girls, on the other hand, they've always known they were allowed to feel anything except anger. But now girls that are led by women are being told that they can own their righteous anger and now they can feel what they want and they can be what they want. So what is the lesson for boys in our culture? If girls are encouraged to not just be ballerinas but also to be astronauts and uh, coders, boys who already know that they can walk on the moon and they can already dominate Silicon Valley or Silicon Beach, as the Southern California area is called, they don't receive that explicit encouragement where they're allowed to fully access their emotions. So boys are still, you know, considered those snips and snails and puppy dog tails. And then we're leaving them behind because we're not letting them feel. But if you walk into any baby store, what you're going to be greeted by are, you know, neon green and browns and there are sharks and trucks and footballs and um, onesies that are like declaring, you know, tough like daddy. But it's okay to be resilient like mommy, perhaps. So we don't need to raise kids with gender neutrality or to deny intrinsic differences between boys and girls. But we do need to recognize that children, regardless of gender, harbor innate sweetness and that we, as a society, need to foster that sweetness and let them know, both girls and boys, that we want to preserve it and we honor it and we love it. Because sweet boys grow up to be men who recognize their strengths and they can also be vulnerable and they can be empathetic. And men who aren't threatened by criticism or perceived competition from poop, from people that they think are quote-unquote other, whether it be skin color or sexual orientation or another religion or less education or more education or, or whatever it is. But sweet boys are children who've been given by their parents and society as a whole that permission to feel everything and to express emotions without shame. So... At a young age, this should be done explicitly. It should be done in organized forums for discussions at school. It must be done relentlessly 
and organically in our family homes. We have to talk about it with our kids. Parents can invite their sons to be sad, to be afraid, to be hurt, to be silly, to be affectionate, and embrace them as often as they snuggle with their daughters. Because sweet boys learn early on that they can defend themselves against loneliness by reaching out and asking for support, rather than turning into people who literally grab for power. So sweet boys will evolve into open-hearted men who aren't confused about consent or sexual boundaries because they experience women as equals. And last week we did a show on our, uh, well, last week, yesterday we did a show for the teens on equality, and I think it's worth listening to. So the bottom line of this segment is a man that's raised with access to the same gamut of emotions and choices as women doesn't delegate sugar and spice and humility and everything nice and gentleness and all that just to ladies while defining himself through anger or lust or pride because boys won't merely be boys. But if we let them, boys will be human. And that's all that we want. We want humanness and kindness for both boys and girls. So let's all raise sweet kids no matter the gender. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And we are going to break for a minute and we'll be back with Yvonne Talley and her new book, Breaking Up with Busy. Don't go away. I will be with you and we have a super show coming up. Stay with me. Be the star you are. The star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Uh, we are back. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and as always, I love to bring you the pioneers on the planet. And today's special guest is Yvonne Talley. She is the author of a terrific new book that every woman needs, and probably men too, called Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. She is an NLP master practitioner that helps a lot and a co-founded Poised Inc., a Pilates and wellness training studio. Welcome, Yvonne, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Oh, thank you, Cynthia. It's great to be here with you today. Well, it's exciting to have a new book. And what you say right away is busy has become the new I'm fine and how true that is. When people ask you, how are you? You go, I'm busy. I'm so busy. And, you know, it really has, I think it's taking away uh, from our joy and living in the moment. And our multitasking has definitely gotten out of control. So, in your new book, Breaking Up with Busy, you're offering very concrete solutions. But before we get into it, give us a little bit of your background, because from what I've read about you, you were definitely an overbooked, anxiety-ridden woman until you decided to say stop one day and really get into mindful living. Tell us about it. Exactly. Well, I always say I was so busy teaching others how to live a vibrant and healthy lifestyle uh, that I forgot to pay attention to myself. You know, I was growing a business, I was raising a daughter, and I was missing my own signs of busy and overscheduled. And I always, there's just this moment where I think, oh my goodness, how could this, how could I have allowed myself to get into this, you know, the fast pace, the sleepless nights, cram schedules? And all of that landed me in the hospital in the emergency room thinking I was having a heart attack when, in fact, I was having a panic attack brought on by my um, inability to manage my own stressors. And it's and, very common. These panic oh, attacks are very, very common, and they do feel like a heart attack. So they, what yeah. a wake-up call. That's a wake-up call. It was a huge wake-up call. And what was even more interesting was... Um, I remember laying in the back of the of the ambulance thinking, how can an organic eating, mindful, meditating, athletic person like me end up here? And when I was in the hot when I was in the hospital and the doctor came in and he said, Oh, you've had a panic attack. I see this all the time with women. I I was really taken aback. I, I think I was offended actually. And then I got really curious about it because I thought if if I'm experiencing this when I know all the right things to do. And I'm still getting myself into this bucket and feeling like I'm drowning. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more. And I, quite frankly, Cynthia, I was embarrassed to even tell anybody about it. And um, when I finally did, it was at a conference with about 600 uh, people in the room. And I, I just let it go. And what was so rewarding and fulfilling and gratifying afterwards was so many women came up to me and said, thank you so much for sharing your story. Here's mine. And I thought, okay, I'm on to something here. And so I just set out to find solutions really organically for myself and for my clients. And then there it is. Breaking well, up. you know, I, I feel that your truth in what you're saying when you were so quote unquote busy because you were growing a business and raising a child, you know, and helping your clients very often the teacher the students become the teacher, yeah. you know, and and we we teach often what we need to learn. 
And so uh, the whole idea is to have to stop. But once you were vulnerable enough to let loose and let other people know what you were going through, how fascinating it is that you recognize that you're not the only one. And to me, that's something that's important in your book, Breaking Up With Busy, is that no matter how busy and overscheduled we are, we're not the only one. So <laughs> take a take a look at this book. And by the way, Overscheduled Women, she has abbreviated it as OSW. So yeah. and uh, and the other thing I wanted to say to people out there is by being able to uh, to claim it and then name it and reframe it, this is how we're going to get out of it. So you have designed techniques. Let's um, let's discuss your number one technique of what women, and I'm going to say men because I know overscheduled, I think women are more there, but men are there too. So what do you, uh, what is the first thing that you like to like to tell people to do? Yeah. Well, there's some, you know, the the book is about not only, as you said, uh, concrete or concrete techniques, but it's also about mindfulness and mindful techniques. And I call it resetting your mindset. So I, and I always say this, you know, if we can change what's between the ears, then we affect change overall. So it starts small. It starts with adjusting our attitude and how we look at things. So, and I try to I always explain to everybody or share with people, take one step at a time. It's, it, it's so overwhelming to think that we have to change everything. Everything. Yeah. And it's just really, it's, it's a migration or a shift, or one thing. So the first number one thing I tell people is slow down, and this sounds very, very elementary, but slow down and take a big breath. A big (laughs) breath, exactly. Well, by the inch, it's a cinch. But, you know, whenever you try to tackle uh, tackle the whole thing, that's why you fail. And, uh, I mean, not that failure is bad, because failure can help you, but you have to pick yourself back up. So you have many exercise life strategies to uh, do it. So we've taken a deep breath. We've slowed down. What's next? Then the next thing we want to do is, you know, there's there's a technique in there called descheduling. So and it's a way of editing your time, of really taking a look at what is on your schedule. I'm a real list maker, so I I came from that standpoint. You know, I make a list either the night before or in the morning, and which I still is a way for me to organize myself. But what I tell my clients, the next thing you want to do is go ahead and make your list. Make it as long as you want and then cross one thing off. And that's going to be the not, that's going to be something that's non-essential. So I get people into the habit or to develop a habit of looking at what's essential and what's non-essential. What are the musts that you have to do? And what are the ones that you can kind of put either on another day or delegate? And I think as women, Cynthia, that that's something very important for us to really embrace. And that's to be able to delegate. And just because we're asking for help, it doesn't make us weak. It actually helps us to be strong. And if I could take it even a step further, when we do this, when we give ourselves permission to either take something off of our list or delegate it to somebody else, we're not only setting better boundaries and healthy boundaries for ourselves, we're also helping our children to set better boundaries because they're going to see, oh, okay, mom means no, or even our partner, no means no. And I don't mean in an aggressive way 
or a, um, a rude way. I mean in a way where it says, I'm going to make space and time in this boundary. And when we do that, we not only set ourselves up to be more well and healthy and mindful, we're also teaching those that we influence in our life to do the same. So one step at a time, take a deep breath, make a list, take one thing off your schedule, and then begin to work from there. Determine what are the things that are must that you have to get done. And let's not forget to add on that list the wants. What are the wants that you want to bring into your day, your week, or your month? So it's very important to, to get to a point where we can um, prioritize those things. You also, see, and I really believe what you're saying is so uh, critical because it is, we do have to prioritize. I, like you, am a list maker, and I find that crossing one thing off makes me feel great. <laughs> so so I think it's a good, a very good idea. Now, in your book, Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women, you also have real life uh, stories from different people, which I think is helpful because it illustrates that we're all in this together and people will be able to see themselves in it. But then you also have a chapter on the essentials and I think, a, and a toolbox and that toolbox I think is really, really important to do. But could you discuss a little bit the different personality types, you know, like you, you had the sorority, you know, the sorority sister and the alpha female and, and this, and I, thought that this is rather fascinating because there's a little bit of all of us and different things and then we tend to operate in that way and we might be playing tapes that are from our childhood or the way that you know we were brought up oh absolutely I mean our experience uh, our past experiences make up uh, much of what we are and it's getting to a point in our lives where we start again I always say edit you know, are those beliefs working for us? Are those habits working for us? And we get to a point in our life where we really have to consciously edit um, those those particular uh, habits and practices that we are incorporating in our lives. But as far as the different types of OSWs that there are, I talk about five of them, the, the time optimist, the perfectionist, the sorority sister, and the alpha, and the pleaser. So as you said, we, there's a little bit in all of us. And when you read through, you'll go, you know, something is going to pop up and go, oh, gosh, that feels so much like, like me. me. You recognize yourself in aspects. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then in addition to that, there's their self-care that they can go right to. And then their reset their mindset practices and the busy busting solutions. So it's all there set up for them. But one of the ones that I find just really prevalent is the the perfectionist and you know highly driven accomplishes in numerous goals at one time methodical and detailed oriented and she she's the she's the type of woman that is typically very often artistically creative and has exceptional taste and so those are those are some of the things that are really her resourceful characteristics where she gets herself into a bind is when she um, has a tendency to often dominate uh, her perfectionism has a tendency to dominate most of her life her, in uh, significant ways. And that can get rooted in the fear of failure and also lead to a lot of frustration, even even depression at uh, time or not, and can negatively impact her relationships. So it's really important that she disconnects from that perfectionism. And I always say it's about progress, not about perfection. So just trying that on, that one statement on for size 
did I progress today? Did I make progress or did I do things perfect? Making progress is that you did make your effort and you did put your best foot forward and it's not perfect and that's okay. So it's really about getting um, the reader to a place where they can, uh, you know, reduce the self critical thinking and more consciously be more conscious and mindfully aware of where they are in that moment and giving them those, as I said, taking one step at a time towards something that's solution-based. And I'm glad you shared the perfectionist because of, of all the different ones, the two that really stood out to me of people that I do, you know, specifically know, one was the pleaser and one was the perfectionist. And I found that the perfectionist tends to procrastinate, uh, be late for things because everything's perfect. But just as you said, when things don't go right, it just gets angry and uh, upset and depressed and you know, <laughs> all those things. And I always, I always feel that it's just not the end of the world. So I like what you said about progress. I've always said there's no perfection, just strive for excellence. But I like the idea that we don't have to be perfectionists. We can just strive for progress every day. That's, I think that's, that's really a critical, important. If you are just joining us, we are talking to author Yvonne Talley with her newest book, Breaking Up with Busy. It was just released, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled uh, Women. And you can go to her website, www.yvonnetalley.com, and Talley is T-A-L-L-Y. Well, let's get to the toolbox because um, as you were explaining here when you talked about this particular chapter with the five different personalities, one of the things that stood out in the way that your book is organized is you have, besides the self-care for each personality, you and you give tips, and then for reset your mindset practices as well as the busting solutions, you actually give the page number of where the reader can go for more help. And I found that very helpful because instead of having to look for, oh, now, okay, I have to go look for create vibrant moments, you know, where is that? I can go straight to page 125 and there it is. So that was brilliant. That was a very brilliant design move, I thought. Well, thank you. We're busy, so we got to have it straightforward, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got to get to the solution. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right. That's the next thing then. Uh, going into solutions. So, for that overscheduled woman who is taking it step by step, she's now slowing down. She's identified maybe one or two of those categories of where, you know, she's having some struggles and she's doing the same old, same old over and over and it's not bringing her joy. Um, what, where would she go from there? Because you say that spiritual solutions are important for breaking up with busy. And I agree with that in being mindful and being caring and loving and offering gratitude. What is the next step? Well, I think it's a combination. So if they choose not, if the reader chooses not to go to the OSW type, they can, as you said, they can just go back and take a look at the reset your mindset and then the busy busting solutions. And I, the one thing I do say is let's take a look at the me, at the reset the mindset first. Again, we get our thinking right on our, you know, get that right between our ears and then everything else will unfold and fall into place. And one of the, one of the mindset practices that I find really helpful for, for everybody is the power of beliefs. 
And you touched on it earlier, you know, our beliefs are derived from our past experiences and define, you know, much of our reality, how we make sense of the world and the beliefs are the opinions that we hold true. So they form our values and the standards by which, you know, we conduct our lives and our opinions and values affect our behavior and attitudes. So knowing which beliefs and which values are influencing your thinking is a time-saving insight for clear and mindful decision-making. So I have seven self-reflecting questions that a person go, can go through. And what happens is that they may not even have realized that a belief system that they might have from long ago, they don't believe anymore and is not working for them. But perhaps their habits are so entrenched that they're still acting upon those. So getting really in touch with which beliefs, and I call them the power beliefs, you know, which ones are the ones that are really working for you, those top beliefs that are working best for you, those are going to be your power beliefs. And then I have them do the three-minute meditation, and that will help them increase their effectiveness of their power beliefs. So that would be one of the first things I would have a, I would have a, a reader take a look at or a client. To, to, it's a great exercise, and it's, and it's also really refreshing, too. It's, it's a light, you kind of lighten up like, oh, I didn't realize I I don't really believe that anymore. And this, this belief has shifted. Yes. And that's what I think this is the problem that happens with us in life is that we go into automatic mode. And so we don't even realize that we're doing it sometimes. So we do have to just let go. Well, your final chapter nine is your busy free playbook, the refreshers and reminders. And you offer 52 busy free reminders uh, that so you could do one a week or you could do them every day, whatever it is. But obviously it's for a whole year. And some of them jumped out at me. Some of them obviously are things people are going to say, oh, yeah, I know that. But they forgot. Right. And so that's why we have to be reminded of things. But I was so happy to see you writing in there, connecting with nature. Because at least for me, that to me is my temple. And whenever I'm feeling, quote unquote, too busy and too overwhelmed, just a, a walk in the forest or the woods or a park or going outside or just breathing in the fresh air, but, you know, in uh, just looking at the stars and the sky, I feel so connected to Mother Earth. And then I tend to be able to re-examine my own life. So, I, you know, these 52 ideas that you have in here are really, really excellent. And they're simple. Yes, they're simple. And they, and they are reminders for the week. And it's really interesting when we, for instance, if you, if you prep your week on a Sunday, uh, that's when I prep my week. Some people prep it on a, on a Monday or, or whatever day of the week. And what happens is when we bring a thought to the conscious level, we're more likely to act upon it. So even, for instance, you mentioned connecting with nature. That is absolutely one of my favorites. I always say nature asks for nothing, and yet it's fully present to us always. And pets yes. are the same way. You know, they, they offer unlimited um, love. love. Yes. So. Yeah. Love and support, and they don't care what you smell like, look like, or what kind of day you had. They just want to wag their tails and, and lick you. That's right. <laughs> so happy. You bring that to your conscious mind. You know, nature's asking nothing from me except, you know, yet it's completely available to me. Now, where else in my, li in my life does that also exist? So that's what those, those refreshers and reminders are about. And it will help you set your, your day, your week, your hour, whatever it might be, 
in that frame of mind. And and I do believe in the law of attraction. And if you put it out there, that's typically what Come back. Yeah, I say that at the top of the hour, you know, what we think about and talk about comes about. So what we focus our attention on, that's what we're going to bring more of into our lives. So the more positive we can be, the more optimistic, you know, when we really want something that is going to be good for ourselves and the planet and everybody else, that's what we'll bring in. But if we think nobody loves me, I'm going to go eat worms. Well, that's what you're going to get. So (laughs) I wanted to close out this segment of uh, speaking about your fabulous book, Breaking Up with Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women, with your closing from the book, because I absolutely loved what your daughter said. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay, would you mind uh, if I read that? I'd love it. Or you could read it. I don't care (laughs) whichever one. But uh, I, too, am very close to my daughter, and I find that she is my mentor most of the time, (laughs) and I learn so much from her. But so this is, shall I read it, or would that be okay? Oh, I'd love it. Absolutely. Okay, great. So this is Yvonne Talley's um, 20-something-year-old daughter, and she said, Mom, there's no such thing as finding time. You can't make time. It's not like you can go out and find time hiding in a bush or making time appear you've got to plan time that's how we can make our lives difference by planning the time to make changes for it to be different that to me is so powerful and then you follow it up by saying from one woman to another let's plan on making our lives different framed by our mindful intentions clear and thoughtful communication, healthy boundaries, and a big dose of love and compassion for one another. Because together we can make the biggest difference for each one of each one of us and for those who follow after us. And that was, to me, the most beautiful way to end your book, Yvonne. That was fantastic. So as women, let's find the time for ourselves as well. Put it in your day planner. Put it on your calendar and don't let anybody interrupt that because we, if we're not recharged and refreshed, we can't give our best to everybody else. Yvonne, this was an amazing conversation. You're amazing. The book is fabulous. YvonneTally.com. The book is Breaking Up with Busy. Do you want to just give a final statement? YvonneTally.com is exactly where you can find me. And I say clear your path to live the life that you desire. That's what I want for everyone. Well, thank you so much. And you can also find her on Facebook at Live Life Vibrantly. And of course, Twitter, Yvonne Talley, and Instagram, Yvonne Talley as well. So YvonneTalley.com, go pick up a copy of the book. Yvonne, thank you so much for coming on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, to share how we can all break up with busy and not be OSWs any longer. It's been a privilege. My pleasure. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you. Well, when I come back from break, we will have more on our segment. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And you better be empowered after this segment. Stay with me. I'll be back in a bit. Be the star you are. The star you Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. 
today's busy world, phone tag has become the normal daily routine. But how can you get more mileage from your phone time and reduce the extended games of telephone tag? Well, first, how about calling when people are more likely to be in? Good times are usually Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursday mornings. Bad times are definitely Monday mornings and Friday afternoons. Next, whenever the person you're trying to reach isn't in, perhaps you might ask a secretary or whoever answers the call when the best time to call back would be. Also, develop alternative contacts in the organization whom you can reach. Be friendly with secretaries. They are the gatekeepers to the kingdom. Now, if you're kept on hold more than a couple of minutes, hang up and telephone another time. Obviously, the people are busy. Holding for long periods wastes everybody's time and indicates a lack of interest from the other party. Also, learn to leave excellent voice messages. And then finally, know when to quit. Sometimes the other party is just not interested, but there is somebody down the line who wants to hear from you. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information or for coaching, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Well, that was a power segment. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And we are coming to you live on Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. And we want you to be the star you are. We also want you to check out Be the Star You Are charity. And perhaps if you're feeling generous, you'll want to make a donation Go to bethestarur.org. You can click on Donate. It'll take you to a PayPal, and you'll get an instant tax receipt. Also, another um, a couple of reminders is Earth Days happening this weekend. I will be at the Wildlife Festival. You'll find information at starstyleradio.com forward slash events. It's a really fun, fun opportunity for the whole family, and it's free, so that's always great. Coming up in May, I will be at the uh, Moraga 
community fair autographing books and we'll be giving away books and uh, we'll have all kinds of um, fun activities for kids. And then the biggie is on June 15th, it's going to be the A's versus Angels baseball game where Be The Star You Are is the nonprofit of the night. So you can find that at events as well. Buy your tickets now. The tickets are only going to be available for one month more and then we won't be able to sell them any longer. So go to be the star you are.org forward slash events or just click on with a first a screen that comes up and I think you will be finding it. So if you have to complain about something, how do you get results? This is a real hard one because a lot of people, you know, something happens. And I mean, I just had something happen to me a couple days ago that's taken me two days to fix. But I kept my cool. I kept a paper trail. And it, I finally, well, you know, it finally got worked out. So Christopher Elliott, he's the founder of Elliott.org. And it's a consumer uh, resolution dispute operation where for free he helps businesses uh, and people learn how to complain and get results. So he's talked about what are the most effective strategies to getting a satisfying resolution. The first is what he says is to follow the three P's. And again, you take a deep breath uh, as a uh, Yvonne was saying earlier, that's a really good one. So you want to be polite. So I like to take a deep breath, maybe wait 24 hours and then contact the company. You want to avoid using emotionally charged language. If you say something like, I'm a loyal customer and it would make me really happy if you could address this issue, it's going to be more effective than yelling at the customer service agent by saying, you've destroyed my life and my lawyer is going to sue you. That pretty much doesn't work, um, at least not in the beginning. The second is patience. You usually have, you know, you want to get a response that will solve your problem, but you have to have patience. Sometimes it can't happen within the first day or the first hour. It might take a week or so, or it might take six weeks or longer. So have patience. And the third is persistence. Persistence is perhaps the hardest one because sometimes call centers are designed to actually make you go away. And if you hit a brick wall, you need to try to talk to someone higher up on the food chain. I was telling you last week about the problem I was having with AT&T, their loyalty department. I would get, after pressing, you know, umpteen zillion buttons and uh, answering all these prompts, I would end up in the what was called the loyalty department because I've been with them forever. But the people in the loyalty department were actually in India or the Philippines and they were reading from a script and they really had zero power to do anything for me. And they just kept apologizing for a problem and saying, we want to make you happy, but they couldn't, they didn't know what to do. And it was really frustrating. It took me hours and hours and hours to finally get somebody that was from California who explained everything and basically uh, was telling me that, you know, this is, there really wasn't anything I could do about what was happening at the moment, but they explained it in such a way that I could accept it. But it took a lot of persistence. It took patience and it did take politeness for me to get there. Now, the best way to contact a company is of course, to create a paper trail, which 
provides written evidence that you've tried to fix the problem. And if you can submit a complaint on a form through the company's website, that's where you want to start. And you want to put your message into one paragraph if possible, you know, short, succinct, to the point, not a life litany of all the problems you've ever experienced. And then you want to give a very short timeline of events. Uh, and it's maybe best to do it in bullet form. That's really helpful. So you're more likely to succeed with an answer if you make it easy for them to um, to get back to you. And sometimes you can say what it is that you would like. If it was like a hotel room, that maybe the next t- time you would get um, you would be able to get a, a room discount, something like that. Or if it's an airline, you know, maybe if it's a non-refundable ticket, maybe they will give you the uh, a refundable ticket. If the initial appeal doesn't work, write to someone a little higher up. And the typical hierarchy might be customer service manager, VP of customer service, maybe then an executive VP. And then finally, you might even get all the way to the CEO. And if all else fails, you have two nuclear options. Disputing the purchase on your credit card if you used one, and it's a good idea too. And um, of course, judges sometimes will go with consumers, but you really don't want to go to court if you don't have to. So, and the most important thing is to try to avoid it as much as possible. Always read the terms of things. uh, And you can also check out reviews and product reviews and things before you buy it. And I'll just give you his website again. It's Elliot.org in case you do have a problem and you need some help. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for being great listeners. Come into my living room every single Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific for great advice for the wonderful experts and authors that we showcase. And just always remember that you can change your life. You can make your life better and you can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To make a donation or find out more how you can get involved with Be The Star You Are charity that brings you to the show, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. I want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you already are the star that you have dreamed of becoming. And also read a book this week because that is like a garden in your pocket and being in nature is important. So until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. I thank you and I encourage you. Be the star you are. Until next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. Be good, be great, be yourself. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. 
Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.